This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. It seems like every day when we turn on the news, we can get distracted from the mission of what God has for us. And we hear things like the government shut down. We find ourselves in positions of worry and anxiety because we think, you know, what are we going to do if this happens? And, and rightly so. We should think forward and plan and do all of those things. But what it, what it shouldn't do is trap us in a position to where we feel like we cannot move forward or advance in what God still called us to do. And I think that there are great words from the beginning of Stephen Curse Chapman's record, Heaven in the World World. It is such a good message because Chuck Colson speaks to something that is in all of time. Let's listen to it. A report out today says that the number of gang members have increased 65% in the past Violence year. Erupted Residents once again today in Northern so. Ireland with the in other news, the Drug Enforcement station. Agency seized 20 kilos of troops have been called in again to help get food. Where is the hope? Where is the hope? Where is the hope? I meet millions who tell me that they feel demoralized by the decay around us. Where is the hope? Where is the hope? Where is the, the hope that each of us has is not in who governs us or what laws are passed or or what great things we do as a nation our hope is in the power of god working through the hearts of people and that's where our hope is in this country that's where our hope is in life well deanna the message you hear colson give us is uh, it really starts with a the question where's the hope and uh, as you were just introing into that and thinking about some of the hopeless state that people feel and have, and, and there's a lot of hopelessness in our world. And we look around and, and we see it, and, and we experience it ourselves at times. But um, when when we're in a when we're in a time period like we are, and and you turn on the news and uh, you hear the government is shutting down and. People can't come together and come to an agreement so that the government can function and, and people who work for the government. And, and it's fine for it to be a news story about the government can't work, but uh, we live in the church with real people who have jobs that work for the government, are connected to the, the functioning of the government, and it's affecting their everyday life. Uh, you then's when you begin to see that hopelessness that happens. And, um, and so I think that's just a, it's a great question where is the hope and not only does he ask the question but he begins to give us a direction toward the answer Uh, and the hope is not in the government getting fixed like that's what we want to say to the people that are affected by a government shutdown it's not in the government your hope isn't the government getting fixed it lies somewhere else yeah it really it really does and i i love how he states that he says that um we live in a world where we feel demoralized mm. and the morality around us is crumbling. And then the society around us socially seems like it's crumbling as far as ethics are concerned. Yeah. And then all of a sudden our government's crumbling. I mean, what in the world do we do with that? I, yeah. I, it, it almost can make us 
to where it seems as if there's nothing we can do in the midst of that. But yeah. there, there are things we can do. And, I, and like you said, he lays out in that, in the hearts of the people working mm-hmm. in everyday life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was thinking about the, just trying to have hope in the government and, and feeling like that the government may be our solution and um, reflecting a little bit on Romans 13. Like we want, uh, we want government to function the way it's supposed to. God institution, God, God created the institution of government uh, just like he did the family and he's given that for a good purpose and a good reason. And so um, even working toward longing for being involved in what the government is trying to do is a good thing because you're you're trying to establish what God wanted in Romans 13 but Romans 13 isn't presenting the government as the hope it just plays a part mm-hmm. it's it's a piece of the puzzle and so um I think you can kind of fall over into two camps one the news media pushes really hard uh Here's all the problems with government, and if these got fixed, look, <laughs> everything would be the way it's supposed to be. And it doesn't matter which news media outlet you listen to, they both have a solution that our our ideas will fix the government, therefore our lives will be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not correct. It begins to sound <laughs> correct. When I listen to it every night, I begin to go, yeah, that's right, that's right. Therefore, the problem is those other people, and the problem is they won't listen or they won't do and and the solution is what this guy just said so you you fall into that camp i'm going to cling to if if we can get this right the government getting fixed or whatever then life goes happy or you move to and and you pointed out the word he used which is demoralized you move to this completely demoralized state of there's there's no solution whatsoever but you just pointed to the solution he's pointing out, the hearts of people. Yeah. Christ working in the hearts of people and then people using those hearts to work in the hearts of other people. Yeah, yeah it really reminds me of, you know, when Jesus, ta- he's, you know, in the room with the disciples and he begins to wash their feet. And I just think about the servant heart of of saying yes to God. Mm-hmm. You know, my pleasure to serve you, God. And what does that look like when the government shuts down? Because uh, the government's not my Savior, right? Yeah. Christ is my Savior. And so what does it really look like for people to be in communities and to be reflecting the heart of Christ through trying to be candid and truthful and at the same time full of mercy and grace, trying to hear the other side, trying to have great conversation, but not losing the gospel or the end goal, which yeah. is that we might love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and love our neighbors ourselves, and living in such a way that it bears good for the community. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get distracted from God being our ultimate source of happiness. Mm. Because the truth is, is that the government can have things in the news all the time. Yeah. You know, if we go back toward the beginning of our country, they were still at that time trying to figure out, well, what kind of government do we have? Do we have a king? Do we not have a king? Do we, there's always going to be issues. So where, where 
And when do we come to a point that we say, that's really not the greatest goal is to solve that one issue. That issue is probably preparing us how to handle the next issue that God has in store. Yeah. So how, how is it that we do those things in Christ and, and really reflect Him in the community to have a biblical worldview in these matters? Yeah, and let that, let that issue flow out of the worldview, the biblical worldview that you have. Uh, and the issue isn't the thing, but the issue is a path to having those conversations or expressing, okay, so it's revealed this problem. That's what the issue's done. Mm-hmm. And, and now it points me back to Christ and back to God and back to the Bible to see how does that issue fit within what's going on, the context of God's bigger story, which we've talked about a lot. How does this fit in the bigger story? Because it's not the story. Yeah, it's part of the big story. The government shutdown is part of the meta narrative in the fall, and part of the meta narrative is yes, there's fall, but there is new creation. <laughs> there is hope. Christ is the Savior. Christ is is the one that brings hope, and eventually, new creation in this government is only a shadow of the ultimate government that is. God is ruler and Christ is king and we are vice regents that rule next to him in the new heaven and the new earth. And so how is this reflective of that? Where is that playing out in the story? How do I that and that's what gives the bearings. Mm-hmm. I see it in light of the big picture. So now my hope isn't if this gets fixed, ultimate joy can happen. No, pleasures are in the right hand of the Father, Psalm sixteen. So that's where pleasures are forever. So, oh, forever, that points me to the end of time, the big yeah. goal. Yeah. Our problem is uh, we kind of want an immediate solution. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want happiness. I want it now. I don't want to be happy, unhappy today. Yeah. You know, and, and where we fail to miss the big picture because we're so about the moment. Yeah, and it just really reminds me of the high school and college age of kids as well because, you know, mm-hmm. I work with students all the time and working with students it's interesting to watch because they'll be in this time period of ninth or twelfth grade and they think oh the next big thing you know that's going to be the best and the greatest and then they think oh well marriage is going to be the best and the greatest oh well wait uh, (laughs) a past marriage kids are going to be the best and the greatest and and they move into these different seasons and these different matters that they have to deal with and while they're dealing with them they think well then if the next thing happens then Mm -hmm. i'll truly be happy but the reality is and and we both would agree with this is that the reality is is we live in a sinful world what happens is we think every challenge that we face that once that gets fixed, then that will bring the greatest amount of happiness for everyone. Yeah. And like you said, the pleasures of God, uh, it, pleasures of happiness are found in God, right? right. Yeah. In Psalm 73, we've, we've stated this before as well, is the nearness of God is my delight. Yeah. So when we really find our happiness in who He is, it seems like that the church and the people of God can work out in the community and do well because they're really not trying to just grasp their own way. Yeah. They're really trying to love their neighbors themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Community, I think, is is part of this. The community of believers 
functioning the way it's supposed to so that we're challenging, we're equipping one another, we're thinking right, and, and then the community of believers impacting the community, the societal community, uh, so that we're having an influence uh, to keep them from fearing unreasonably about something right. or thinking the Savior is outside of Jesus. Uh, and, and I'm afraid sometimes that the, the societal community uh, believes that the Christian community thinks the solution is the same they do. Right? It's the same picket sign. It's the same. It's the same stance. It's the same moral revolution or whatever it is. And 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 the society can turn around and go, oh, we're good because see, even the church is thinking the way we are. And maybe the things they're advocating are good, and we would advocate those things, but. Are we being careful to differentiate the message that, yes, we want to fight for life with Mm -hmm. you, uh, and we want to be against too much government control like you are, but that's not our Savior. And do they get that message clearly? Are we good at articulating that? Are we only good at just kind of jumping on the bandwagons, leaving behind the message that, oh... A savior really is the government, yeah. And and then then they miss it, and they think I'm good because I'm thinking just like them. Therefore, I'm in right with God. Yeah, that that's what I think. It was so encouraging about Chuck Colson and his message of his life after he was transformed by Christ, because he was able to see that the government is something that God did institute. At the same time, it's not what we're living for. And to clearly communicate a biblical worldview. And, you know, when you have someone who's saying, listen, we shouldn't be building more prisons. We ought to be sharing the gospel more mm-hmm. and, and teaching a biblical worldview because this is going to change the heart of man. Then w- that's the real solution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the question becomes, though, are we as a church really living in such a way that as a, as a community, we're being that in the community? And it, can't, it makes me think of when Jesus said, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm-hmm. So pray for the workers. Yeah. Um, not only pray and examine our own lives and ourselves, yeah. But also be praying, okay, how can I help another person in my church or disciple others in my church? How can I share the gospel in my community? How can I get on a board in the city council and bear the fruit of Christianity within that community? And a student in sports, a, a student who is... In a reading club, an adult who is in a reading club. I mean, this happens everywhere. I'm just not sure it is happening everywhere. And I think that's what Colson was trying to say is, listen, here's the hope. It's in Christ working through us in our communities. Those will bring solutions, but there's going to be more problems that come. So at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, Christ is the solution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're you're touching into that idea of the in the world, not of the world, and the church is in the world. Like we don't have to work at that. 
You know, I mean, <laughs> we're in the world. We we go to restaurants and we're involved in school and our kids are involved in sports teams and uh, you know, you can you can bubbleize that and that's not a real word, but you you can work to kind of Christian bubble yourself in that world uh and to the point that maybe it's it's a negative. But even even working hard to do that, you're still in the world at some point. E- yeah. Even if I only I go to a Christian school, I only play on sports teams with other believers. The outside activities my kids are involved in are church-sponsored activities, and I only eat at restaurants and go to coffee shops that are owned by Christian people. There's other non-Christian people that go to some of those places, right? Yeah. So at some point, I am interacting with an unbeliever, and so. We're in the world. We just don't take advantage of being in the world. Like we don't, we don't see how our voice matters in those moments. We don't see how sitting around at work uh, while people are starting to take their lunch break and somebody's talking about the government shutdown. We don't see how our voice can speak Christian hope into that. Yeah. We don't, and, and and even if we see it, then we hesitate out of. Well, they're gonna think that's a weird answer. Like we should trust <laughs> Jesus. You know. <laughs> Jesus isn't the president. Well, you know, I mean, they're going to think this is a weird answer, and and we don't know how to articulate it, and we don't know how to speak into it, and so we back off, or we just think because we've been inundated with the wrong message, we don't think that the Christian message is the answer. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because sometimes we walk away from conversations and we think, "Oh my goodness, I didn't say the right thing. I didn't do the right thing." I remember distinctly that when I was in my 20s, I was sitting around talking with a group, and I really kind of was maybe, I, I wasn't apathetic. It wasn't that I didn't care either way. It was that I was just trying to figure out, am I really going to live this out the way that this group is talking about, mm-hmm. this Christian life, right? And this guy was sitting there in the group and he asked me this question it was one question four or five words and i still remember it to this day he does not know that that affected me the way Mm -hmm. that it did but it had a huge impact we went on in the conversation we spent the rest of the evening all, all of us together talking there were probably 12 15 of us and i walked away from that night going hmm how would I answer that question? And from that point on, I remember it began to change my way of thinking because I started looking in God's Word and I started going, do I really know the answer to this question? Hmm. And that person still has no idea. Yeah. So we just we just need to be available to have the conversation to really live out in a natural way and it's okay that we don't think anyone's affected by it right but people are typically thinking and the holy spirit is working so in those things and in those moments in our conversations we know that those can be effective right yeah holy spirit uh, is the word that we probably ought to end with is we forget the Holy Spirit's at work. And and that goes back to the answer of where's the hope? What's the hope? What's well, God working in the hearts of people? God's working in my heart and teaching and training me. God's working in their heart. And so even though I'm speaking and I'm not sure what to say or I'm not sure I'm articulating right, the Holy Spirit's at work. So trust that and be available and let the Holy Spirit 
work in you and work in them and know that because of God still alive and working through the power of the Holy Spirit, there is hope. So let's live lives of hope and share hope. Thanks for listening.